You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. To the World Football Program. It's 2021 and we're back and I'm very excited. Hi, everyone. Hi, Pete. How you going, Pen? And no, we don't have a mask because we are considered essential services <laughs> as long as we maintain a 1.5 on the yeah. diagonal, I think, in the four metre squared thing. I think, I think we're good. We can't, we can't even reach each other, you know, so yep. <laughs> Just to put that out there. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We are back on air every Saturday from 10 to 12 through to the end of November. Great guest lineup this week. Thank you, everyone, for supporting us on the Facebook page with your comments through the period we were off air. Really do appreciate that, uh, Peter, Joe, Derek, Ian, everybody. It's great. Thank you for joining us. And we do have a new website, thanks to Nick Templeman. You can log on to the World Football Program. That's a double M-E, the Australian yep. English way, yep. au. It is being built. So at the moment it's got the platform for podcast streaming, and there'll be more added to it along the way. So thanks very much to Nick for doing that. Really do appreciate it. It looks great. We've got a new logo, and we'll be getting new shirts for the team at some point. It's a fantastic website. And the colours are the Australian colours. So good job, Nick, building that into things. Sorry, I'm going to pick you up there. Oh, you mean like the, the red, white, blue? Yeah. Oh, oh You out, say Australian man. colours, I think green and gold. I mean, red, white, and blue, you could be North Korea or yeah. USA. Let's not start that, all right? Okay. Thailand is red, white, blue. <clears throat> so the team this year is our fantastic group of people, myself, Penny Tannerhoth, Ashfield Sean Kelly, Pete and A-LeagueStats.com. Now, do we call you the man, the administrator? How do we go with this? Oh, just the nerd behind the stats will do. It's probably <laughs> the most accurate term. The man behind A-LeagueStats.com, Peter Skiller. <laughs> <laughs> Junior Matilda goalkeeper, Miranda Templeman and Australian Subutio player, Hugh Best. 
So we'll be rotating of sorts yep. right throughout the year, every Saturday, and bringing you SAS and news and opinions and everything. Can uh, you can uh, you move that microphone? Everybody Sabuja, get prepared for a squeak on. Move it, Pete, so I can actually see your face. Okay, I thought yeah, that was helping yeah, with the Yes, yes. There, there you go. There All right. Go. I don't so even you, think it squeaked when I moved. See so how I good. talked over the squeak thing? That's yeah. pretty good, right? Okay. I can't see my screen now. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. More adjustments in the ads. All right, there we go. Okay. We're good. Guest lineup for this week. Jamie Harnwell, Football West Chief Football Officer. We'll be chatting about lockdown, not lockdown. Yep. Programs, night series, registrations, what's happening. We'll be talking to Tony Sage, owner of Perth Glory. Frustrations, successes. Glory had a win last night. Yes. They did, a fantastic win. Good job. We're talking A-League, by the way. Yes. W-League, on the other hand. Let's not mention the W-League for the moment. I I know that goes against everything you believe in, but, you know, let's just focus on the the men's team. There's the frustration part. Okay. Neil Bennett from Northern Redbacks in the media area and beyond 90. He's been doing a lot of work in the last 12 months as a reporter there. He's going to chat about women's football. Coming up is the Women's Night Series at the end of this month. Hopefully that's still on track. Yep. That'll be across uh, three venues, all of which are south of the river. Fantastic Beautiful. for us south of the riverites. And we'll be having a chat to Stace Ioannidis from Soccer Scene. You might have hopped onto the Soccer Scene website. He's the CEO. They talk about news that affects football across Australia and maybe globally sometimes too. It affects the wider field there. And Elizabeth Ree, who's a councillor in the city of Stirling, and the president of the Football Hall of Fame. So we'll be talking about um, what's happened out there in the community, um, some of the things that the Football Hall of Fame is doing to help the community and um, basically you know, everything that's out there affecting clubs. Liz is a great talker and a great networker. Yep. I think she gets to about 10 different things in a day. <laughs> so that's uh, yeah, always good to catch up with things. She's kind of the hub for information up north of the river, so the city of Darling. Oh, there we go. So there's no bias there. We've got South the River, we've got North the River covered. Yeah. So we're South of the River. Yeah. So she's the North of the River part. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you can listen live on our new website or Radio Fremantle and the podcast, uh, as opposed to when you get onto Radio Fremantle, you could go to the archive page. So if you go to our new worldfootballprogram.com.au page, you can listen to the podcast. That's right. And you can subscribe. listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And Overcast, half of which I've never even heard of. I know, right? (laughs) I don't know either, but I'm going to learn. I'm going to upskill. News. We are going to bring you lots of news through the show, lots of news every week. And uh, I have to say, my heart is broken with the passing of Christopher Plummer overnight. He's my all-time favourite legend actor. Yep, uh, I think he was 90 or 91. Is incredible, had yeah. great respect for him, very inspiring, played some very classy roles. Um, I and just never stopped either. He kept, no. Every time you sort of thought, oh, he's, he's Six finished, decades he, of he acting. will reappear. And even up quite recently, he well, you know, a couple of years back he was in that. And I'm, I'm sure I've seen him in other movies, you know, that have been made in the last 10 years and gone, oh, look, he's sort of still kicking around. So. Yep. So think yeah. uh, the Von Trapp family, Sound yep. of Music, and if you're That's Australian movie buff, role, then yeah. the Thorn Birds. Uh, he was one of the um, high-end priests in that. Yep. Um, and International Velvet. So if you think of National Velvet with Elizabeth Taylor, then the sequel to that was International Velvet and Christopher Plummer was in that. So, um, yeah, just uh, great roles and I'm, I'm very sad to hear the passing of him. All-around all nice guy. Mm. So uh, RIP Christopher Plummer there. 
very big thank you to our partners for this year, West Coast Futsal, the Superliga is the competition we'll be promoting, and Greg Farrell, you would have heard Greg's dulcet tones throughout mm-hmm. the season last year and the, the season before that. Uh, the West Coast Futsal will be supporting us again this year. Thanks, guys. Else West Fencing and Rod Iron and Gate and Fence Hardware. So their partnership logos will pop up throughout the show and across the new website through the year. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, we are going to get a guest on very shortly, but before we do that, a couple of topics of news. Um, have a think about Lionel Messi. Yes. Where's he going to go and what's he going to do? And I just – the free transfer thing is just blowing my mind, right? He's mm. of the age and stage and whatever that someone could sign him up. I mean, whether you could afford his wage or not is the thing, but a free transfer. And yes. here in Australia – we have clubs that have produced some amazing players and don't get transfer fees. Yep. It just blows my mind, this kind of stuff that happens. Anyway, I just thought I'd you know, <laughs> throw, that out, throw that out there. All right. <clears throat> we are going to go to a break and we'll come back and talk more football very shortly. Uh, oh, by the way, sorry, I did have to mention, I signed up with Apple TV. Yep. It costs seven ninety five a month, something Ooh. trivial like that. Yep. And uh, Ted Lasso. Was on it, the Ted Lasso series. Now, you've got a blank look on your face, but it's the funniest thing. Okay, it's not exactly G-rated, or I've just put it out there, (laughs) but football, okay, so soccer, football. um, American coach goes to England, and it's the funniest sequence of adventures. You've got to watch, like, okay, sorry, Nana, but Rose and I, (laughs) we binge-watched it, and it was so good. And I do actually have a filler with the, the actor in that, Somewhere, and I'll play it. Um, I think it's this one here. I'm going to play it, all right? And it'll just last for a minute or so. But if it's the wrong one, I'll keep playing fillers <laughs> through the show until I get it because it's just so funny, all right? We'd like, like to announce our new sponsors, Apple TV, as well. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. We are one, but we are Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Boy, that was shocking. Abysmal. You lot just didn't show up. Gary, talk to the players around you. That's your bleeding job! Keep pressing higher up. And be first to the second ball. Thierry, nous devons continuer à appuyer sur haut, 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 Ne donnez pas n'importe quel espace au milieu du champ, peut-être. Tenemos que seguir presionando los altos Ustedes calcular espacio en medianos del campo. Ditma. Ditma. 
Wir mussten vorsetzen, sie hochgewichst zu drücken, geben sie ihnen nicht jeder Raum in Mitte des Feldes. Also, hm? Gut. Luca! Luca! Krtprtprtovic! Krtprtovic! Nantovic! Nantovic! Toni! 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 Tutto ciao! Va vergonzato! Continua a spendere! Forza! Forza! E se ero prima della palla! Sì! Sì! Aggiungi! Aggiungi! We quando se li amo, me li ama talemo, la ama. Okay, boss. What are you doing out there? Kim so, niatu hao, kaniatu hala, e gulaji na ana. As for you, wait, Mickey. Hi, nice. So you're nice. Hey, Mickey, are you not looking at me? Gary, if that flash Portuguese bastard gets past you again, break his leg. I'm off for a bottle of Rioja. Fucking ideas up. So that was actually the wrong filler, but highly amusing. <laughs> I did find the right one, and I will play it in the next ad. Good morning, Jamie. You've got Pen and Pete having a chat to you. Thanks for joining us. No, it's my pleasure. There's been a lot happening in football in the last uh, year and in the last few weeks. Of course, we've gone into lockdown and then semi come out of lockdown how does that reflect on football west uh, moving forward what can we tell everyone well uh thanks sir you know the great work that's been done across the state uh, with being able to move out of lockdown into just partial restrictions it means that uh, community sport is back on again the premier was quite uh insistent on that with the uh, people gathering up to 150 people so that's great news for our clubs and associations i know there's a few that are out there training uh, this morning and, and taking advantage of being able to get back out uh, and enjoy their football once again. Absolutely, yep. and the mask thing is mandatory in public space, except if you're conducting vigorous exercise. And I had some mm. smart-ass customers come into my office this week <laughs> with their mask and take it off and jump up and down and goes, I'm doing my vigorous exercise, but it's really hard to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> The mask thing is a bit of a challenge in some situations, that's yeah. for sure. But uh, it's the new norm, so we'll get on with it. Um, we know that, that this round of the men's night series has been postponed. Does that just mean we take up where we left off in the next week of fixtures? Yeah, at this stage we're, we're hoping we'll have the games on next weekend. Uh, obviously, with the, our fingers crossed that the restrictions end as of midnight Saturday night, or 12.01, I should say, uh, that'll allow us to play those games on a Sunday with no restrictions on crowd and then just working with the, the MPL clubs across how those uh, those missed fixtures are fulfilled in terms of um, midweek games, um, just ensuring, of course, that, that the players' safety is paramount and they're not overloaded too early in this season. Yeah. Yeah, and the women's night series, the NPL night series, starts in a few weeks' time. Is that likely just to kick off as normal um, with the three south of the river grounds? Thank you very much for that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's our hope, of course, Penny. We, we, you know, we can't look too far in the future, and the, our staff have been doing a great job uh, this week, and did do it the, after the season had finished in terms of scenario planning and what we may need to look at uh, when these sort of interruptions do take place. But at this stage, we're hoping the uh, the nice shields will go off without a hitch for for both men's women's uh, state league is kicking off shortly as well. I know the women's yep. state league uh, too, so uh, there's going to be a lot of football being played hopefully in the next few weeks. Yeah, we hope so. How's it looking? Uh, just, you know, let's just take this week out of it. How's it looking this year, 2021, 
leading into the season with registrations compared to last year because last year at this time we didn't actually have uh, any sense of COVID. It wasn't until I think March that it really kicked yeah, off. That yeah, we, that we like stopped. So there was registrations already taken up. So how are we looking in comparison? Oh, we're actually up uh, already this year. We made the decision to bring forward uh, play football being open so that uh, it would give clubs a, a better opportunity to, to go out, find players and, and get them registered. So uh, not expecting the, the past week to have any significant impact. There's obviously a, a long way uh, to go in across the year and the season and I think we're all very encouraged by how quickly we've managed to, uh, to stop this outbreak and, and the government have uh, done so. That gives us great confidence uh, moving forward with the season. Yeah, it does. And Football West have done a huge amount of work over the summer and the last year or so expanding their program. Tell us about some of them. Mm. Yeah, there's, um, one of the big ones we're really proud of is our, our kicker uh, program. So this is designed to, to meet the needs of those people who don't necessarily want to join a club or don't have the time um, or ability to do so. So it provides some skills programs for school-aged children. We have uh, five-a-side tournaments that have been set up, seven-a-side uh, recently, although you wouldn't think of it with the weather today, we had our beach tournament, I think it was last weekend, um, at Bader's Beach down in Fremantle. So we're really trying to, because we know there's a huge number of people who aren't perhaps in a, at our traditional clubs and don't want to play on a Saturday, Sunday. Um, they're previously playing at rec centres, at futsal centres, those sort of things. So we just want to make sure they've got opportunity to do so. And given that they're shorter timescale programs, they're less... Uh, you know, they're, they're easier to move around, I suppose, when things like this uh, in the past week have happened. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just on the night series uh, fixtures, um, talking men's NPL, women's NPL, that's the night series, um, there's two groups in the men's, two groups in the women, um, 12, I think it's 12 teams in the men's competition. Is that right? And there's eight yes, teams correct. in the women's yep. competition. Yep. Um, how do you work out the venues? Is it? Uh, do you put like a, a tender out to all the clubs kind of thing and then they come back to you and say, we can host it, we've got space, we meet all the criteria? Is that how it works? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, and that goes across all our finals and those sort of things as well. So that, that's gone out to clubs. Those are able to have the facilities, they're able to have the lights um, and in some cases the access to their grounds as well because we know... Um, some clubs struggle um, to get access this early in the year. So the games are trying to be shared around as much as possible um, through the season so all clubs can benefit from any potential revenue uh, received through canteen, bar sales, those sort of things. Yep. And I note out of all of the venues, the only synthetic surface is the Mum FC at Murdoch. And I'm going to call it the Murdoch Stadium because it sounds much better than saying the whole bloody name of <laughs> the, the Murdoch whatever. So the the Murdoch Stadium. Have you had any feedback from clubs or players or, or anyone about playing on a synthetic surface? No, nothing, nothing directly. Uh, I think it, it's still a little bit different. I don't think that you can say it's exactly the same as playing on grass. Um, we've had certainly had no uh, bad reports across it. The technology that's used on that field and is used these days is far in advance of, of what it used to be. I think if uh, you're old enough to remember the Queen's Park, uh, Loftus Road artificial turf, it was like a, a car park when the ball bounced. It was that, it was that hard. So uh, there's certainly been nothing. I think. Uh, you know, playing uh, perhaps on artificial in the, in the heat of the day and during summer, there's probably some radiant heat, but uh, certainly in the evenings it would be a, a nice surface to play on, a very smooth and even bounce um, and, a, and a great little venue down there. Yes. Uh, the Mills Park 
venue that Beckenham Angels, the other women's only club from a few years back, yep. that was a nice surface to play on, but it had no um, shade, well, not that it's Mum FC, but had no shade uh, around or over the pitch at all. And I don't think it's being used for football at all now, except maybe the Christian football might be using it. They're a pretty big organisation. Yep. How does that fit, Jamie, the Christian Football Association? How does that fit into f- the Football West space? Yeah, WACs were uh, affiliated uh, through us, so they register their players, uh, as all clubs do, and, and we support them through any coaching courses or, or refereeing uh, allocations and stuff, uh, as we do for our competition. So we've got a, a great relationship uh, with WACFRA, and you know they obviously provide a, an outlet for those players who are unable um, or, or don't want to play on a Sunday, um, and it, it's great that... Uh, they're able to do so on a, on a Saturday afternoon when the majority of that is, is being devoted to the men's sort of elite competitions, I suppose, through the NPL and State League. Yeah, give us an idea of the size of that competition. Oh, now you're putting me on the spot, Penny. Uh-huh. I've known that I would have done my research. <laughs> Homework for next time, uh, Jamie. That's okay. Yes, I'll, I'll check out. But there, there's certainly, uh, I think there's seven, seven or eight clubs, if not a couple more, um, across boys, girls, uh, men's and women's teams as well. So it's certainly a significant uh, competition and uh, they, they do a great job. I've been to a couple of their events and their wind-up days the cup finals and uh, they're all very well supported. Yep. Yeah, good. Um, and there's a couple of things that uh, just uh, you know, slap me if you've already mentioned it, but the, the Indigenous Football Cup, did you mention that in your programs? Um, I haven't done, no. Um, so that's uh, a, a tournament being held in Queensland later this year, hopefully when travel will be a lot easier than yes. it is now. Uh, we've currently, we did take two years ago, uh, the Midwest Jambanoo team, um, organised by our officer up there, Tanya Amazzini, who's done a great job, um, and supported by Geraldton Sporting Aboriginal Corporation as well. So they've uh, pulled the team together and starting some fundraising up there in Geraldton, um, which is great. It's a, it was a fantastic event last time, and it's uh, certainly a direction that FFA and, uh, and Football West are, are strongly pushing. Um, we've got our Aboriginal health program that's very strong and uh, up and running in the Kimberley, uh, Pilbara, and also some metro sites as well. So we've got some officers doing some fantastic work there, and it's an area of the game that has been uh, a little bit neglected, I suppose, uh, in the past, and as a, a strong focus to ensure that uh, players have access to, to our game. Yes. Uh, and the Australian Masters, that's here in Perth. Do you know about that? Yeah, we we, uh, we had a meeting with the Masters. It would have been over 12 months or so or, uh, in regards to that. Obviously, with everything that's go on, going on, there hasn't been uh, any conversation recently. But looking forward to assisting them with the competition. We know there's a huge uh, football contingent that comes across every year and it's a very successful part. And I know that uh, WA sent teams over east a few times. I'm sure they'll probably miss the chance to travel uh, over east and uh, enjoy a different city, but I'm sure there'll be a, a very strong WA contingent here as well. Yeah, the... Perth Masters, I, don't, I can't remember the last time there was actually a Masters competition in Perth, but I've been away to a few um, myself now. And apparently the Masters, the World Masters, is one of the five biggest competitions in the world by participation rate. 1993, by the way, for Perth. Okay, there you go. That is, that's a while. Yeah. About time we had one back here. Yeah. Safe place. They should come here. There you go. I think, um, I think I have mentioned when um, when they had the Masters in uh, Auckland a few years back, my wife went to it and they mentioned it to the hospital and the hospital had not been warned that 25,000, <laughs> shall we say, senior citizens were descending on the city to play sport. They had no prep at all. So Oh, well, I hope they didn't need to no, well, you know, I, overload them or anything. No, but yeah. So. 
Okay. Um, oh, by the way, Jamie, great promo that uh, Football West put together with uh, Mum FC's young Matilda Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um, the little audio video promo there with Hannah Lowry. Great job. Yeah. This look, we've um, we've been doing some really great things for a number of years, but the, you know our, our problem has been, I suppose, that not enough people have known about it. Uh, it's only those within the game or close enough to would know. You know, across our regional work or our inclusive space working with um, Edmund Rice Centre or across our street football. So we're, we're really keen to showcase to, to the general public, you know, everything that does go on because we, we do a huge amount of work. We've got a, such a passionate um, passionate staff. We've got passionate volunteers and players. Uh, so it's uh, a real focus to make sure that those stories and, and those little uh, media things can, can get pushed out. It's a, it's a different age now from picking up the paper and reading around things. So we've got to make sure we uh, stay abreast of that and, and keep up and, and push those these little videos and photos, and uh, we had some great live sessions done by some of our regional officers uh, across the lockdown of the past week that you may have seen as well that uh, got some great traction across Facebook. Yep. And yep. just uh, before I let you go, just a couple more things. Football West Life membership closes on February the 15th. How do people nominate someone for that? There is, there's a link on our website. Um, there's a, a form to be downloaded. So just yeah, head to the Football West website, footballwest.com.au, with all details there, um, which will go up to the, the nominations committee and the board for approval for anyone else to, to be admitted as a live member. Fantastic. And movement towards the hall – no, I was going to say the Hall of Fame, oh, my God. I mean the um, State Football Centre. I don't know why that came out like that. Where are we at with that? <laughs> That's uh, progressing on really well. Um, the development application has gone in, was out for public comment. Um, I think it closed about a week or two ago. Um, we're continuing to work with the, the state government. Um, the state government are the, the project manager and they're doing a, a great job of pushing things along and, and working with the art, architects and designers to, to ensure that it's a building that uh, suffices for football West needs, not just now or in the next five years, but this is a, a 30 or 40 year project and building that uh, we want to make sure is the, the best possible fit for for Football West, which in turn benefits all of our our clubs and associations. I suppose one could say it's lucky we're at the planning stage and not at the construction stage with COVID where it's at because, you know, we can communicate digitally with getting all the plans and everything sorted. But if we're at the construction stage, there might be a few hold-ups with things as they are. Yeah, well, with um, with the uh, Women's World Cup, that's our completion date. Well, that's the state government's aim. So I think They'd probably like to be in construction, even if they did delay for a week or two. Yeah. Right now, it's a it's a tight schedule. Um, it's an ambitious one, but they're very confident they'll be able to get it done. And uh, as I said, the the support that state government have given has been fantastic, not just in the funding, but also with how well they're working through this project. So it's uh, there's a lot of meetings going on. There's a lot of time being spent on teams and Zoom meetings. I must admit, and some things I don't really understand about dry, drainage and. <laughs> it's great to see this project progressing along so well. Yeah, good on you, Jamie. Really do appreciate your time today. Uh, thanks for joining us and have a safe weekend. Thanks, you too, guys. Good on you. See ya. Bye. That was Jamie Hanwell, the Football West Chief Football Officer. They all have such long damn titles. Impressive, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Okay, I did find that filler, so yeah. we are going to play it before we get Tony Sage, the Perth Glory owner, on the line. So this is Pete and Penn. We're going to go to this break. Listen in with that cuppa. West Coast Futsal accommodates for players of all skill levels and ages. 
four great locations around Perth. We have a time and a venue to suit anyone's busy week. From social men's, women's or mixed games to A-grade competition, we've got you covered. Games are played night and day, indoor and outdoor, all year round. So grab five mates and come down for a game today. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Hey, how you doing? This is Ted Lasso. I'm the new head coach of the Tottenham Hotspurs. And uh, I'd like to talk to the Queen, please. My name's Ted Lasso. I'm new head coach for Tottenham Spurs been brought over here to, to, you know, implement my coaching style. Football is football no matter where you play it. You got grass, you got cleats, and you got helmets with masks on them. Football in the States is my specialty, but they have a different kind of football over here. Kick it! Circle them up, have them put on their pads, and let's start playing for real. They're wearing their pads, coach. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of small similarities. Any team I coach, they're going to play hard for all four quarters, okay? Uh, two halves. What's that? Two halves. Okay, halves. We're going to play hard for two halves. And we're going to play until there's a winner and there's or a loser. A What's that? A tie. Okay, until there's a winner, a loser, or a tie. You can tie. If you tried to end a, a game in a tie in the United States, heck, that might be listed in Revelations as the cause for the apocalypse. Yeah, do we have any goals this season? Absolutely. We're going to win a lot of games. We're going to get in the playoffs. No playoffs. There's no playoffs. Again, my job just got a lot easier. Ties and no playoffs. Why do you even do this? One of the issues I've had is what tackling was. There you go, tackling! What the hell? That's not a tackle. It's just sliding around. Soccer tackle, sir. All right there, Gary. That's how you tackle. To prepare for this job, you know, read a lot of books, watched a lot of game films. But to be honest with you, the best way to learn how to play this game is to play this game. The square goal? Circle. Circle's goal. See, I got you a little dosy do You don't know what to do. There you go. Good stop. Okay. Game over. Yeah, it's over for now. 15 nothing, huh? We're going to go in a rematch. Yeah, they do things a little bit differently. Part of me finds some of the things they do a little silly. Pass it in. Well, they keep passing it backwards. What's going on here? It's nice to be able to go backwards and forwards and not have some ref make a big deal about it. Will you explain to me how that was offside? No, I'm asking you. Seriously, explain offside to me. It made no sense. Well, the first thing I had to do when getting this job was learn about the competition. We came up with the flashcard system in order for me to make American comparisons to English teams. All I had to do was link what I don't know to what I do know. Manchester United. Super rich. Everybody either loves them or hates them. Dallas Cowboys. Liverpool. Used to be great. Haven't won a title in a really long time. Also Dallas Cowboys. Cardiff City, dragons on the crest. What's that hot girl's name from Game of Thrones? Khaleesi. Khaleesi. Manchester City. Jennifer Lawrence. West Ham United. Pickup trucks. Because of that training that I did, I guarantee that we're going to beat the Cowboys and the Cowboys and Jennifer Lawrence. Has there been a learning curve? I would say a little bit. Starting to understand why these scores are so low. Look how tiny these goals are. Those are practice goals, coach. He knocked at that ball with his head. Is that legal? Totally legal. Hey, that's, wow, three points. No points. No points. Why not? It's got to go in. Come on, Rob. You got to get it in there to get three points. One point. They got like an application for a phone. I can learn the rules. What are these trust exercises? Who's uh, orange shoes there? Gareth Bale. That's Gareth Bale. Where he's from? He's from England? Wales. Wales. Wait, that's another country? Yes and no. How many countries are in this country? Four. But but I'm learning, and, and I want to learn. These young men, 
They just would not understand exactly what I was trying to get him to do. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort, 4,000% of the time. That's it, skip. Skip like little girls. Go, not a, not a care of the world. I'm lucky to be doing this for a living. Everybody just do the robot. You got to ride a few players a little bit harder than some of the other players. Blondie, you are killing me. John, what do you got on there pants-wise? What is those? Three quarters. And I get those in the women's section, John. Pick up the ball. Pick up the ball with your hands. That is a violation. In an act of solidarity, I spent an entire day not using my hands out of respect towards the game. And I think that went pretty well. I think it, it garnered a lot of respect from the players. They appreciated not only the fact that I could do most activities without the use of my hands, but that I just tried. After a few days of practice, players gave me a nickname. It started small, but now they'll chant it at me every now and then. That's pretty nice. What's the nickname? Do you know what it means? I think it just means great. Like, just a, like a nice guy, like, you know, kind heart, you know. Someone that listens, someone that'll push you. Is, is someone that doesn't mind being alone, you know, likes to sit with his thoughts. Well, with any new job, you got to anticipate a learning curve. But I tell you what, I'm in Tottenham and I'm here to stay. You can guarantee that one second here. Oh, nope, I got fired. And welcome back to the World Football Program. And if you have Apple TV, sorry, another promo for Apple TV, <laughs> then you'll know Ted Lasso, twenty seven ninety five. I recommend the series. I think that was from about like three or four years ago, that one that I just played. But the Ted Lasso thing is uh, literally uh, in the last six months, the series is about, I don't know, eight episodes or something like that. Yep. Very incredibly funny. Tony Sage, good morning. Welcome to the World Football Program. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate you joining us. It's been a while since we've been on air. So just for our listeners' sake, um, just bring us up to speed with where Glory is at after their fantastic win last night, by yeah. the way. Yeah, look, uh, we uh, unfortunately one injury, but uh, the guys did an extremely good job, uh, very gutsy effort, um, especially after the long road trip. Uh, people seem to forget also they uh, had a gruelling six weeks over in Qatar, then forced a hotel quarantine when they got back. So they're very uh, much behind most of the other teams. Um, we had no pre-season, basically. I mean, that was our pre-season up in Qatar. Um, so, yeah, and um, obviously our two imports are not ready yet and Economides to come back. So, look, we've got a fantastic uh, launch pad now to um, to try and get the, the title for this year uh, coming up, especially with a, a whole pile of home games to come. Yeah, at the moment we're sitting about mid-table. Third. Third. third oh, third, last yeah, night's win. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, with, with one game uh, in hand as well on on the top two, uh, two above us as well. So, yeah, so it's, we're in a good good spot. Where are we at with our next lot of games for both the A-League and the W-League? Look, uh, that's in the hands of the FA at the moment. Um, we... Uh, and they are as well, not blaming them at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just these border closures. And we were hoping to have Melbourne Victory here uh, on the 20th uh, and uh, Melbourne City. Um, but, unfortunately, with the case that they had, uh, our government here has closed that border as well. Our CEO is still stuck in Melbourne. Uh, he's coming back Monday, but he will have to isolate for 14 days, as will our players, which is unfortunate. That means uh, we won't have any training uh, abilities uh, coming up for the next 14 days. Uh, we're lucky that it's not hotel, uh, forced hotel. It is at home, but um, so they can stay with their families. But it's just unfortunate. Uh, when we're on a bit of a roll, 
there's a lot of confidence in the camp and for this to happen. And uh, and we can't do anything about it. The FA can't do anything about it. It's government uh, to government. So, so um, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, we were looking forward to having uh, three home games. Um, but um, we think we can start again. Uh, New South Wales border is still open to Western Australia and vice versa from, I think, Monday. So I think that will be the avenue for us to get some... Uh, the MacArthur, Sydney FC, um, uh, Western Sydney, uh, Central Coast, and um, Newcastle to Perth. So that would be uh, good if that uh, happened. But uh, unfortunately, a forced break now of about 13 or 14 days. Yeah. So, Tony, does that mean that we're planning on having, you know, fixtures permitting um, a string of home games in a row where we're bringing teams over to Western Australia? Yeah, that that that's, that was the plan. Uh, they were doing it with the Victorian teams because that border was open until I think two days ago when uh, they had that one case in in Melbourne. So, but uh, the New South Wales border will open, I think, from Monday or Tuesday uh, to WA uh, after they haven't had a case in 28 days. So that border is open. So, but uh, unfortunately, because of uh, we were in Victoria uh, at the time. It, um, we ha- have to self-isolate. So there's no games for Perth now for 14 days as, at a minimum. And it's not fair for us to, after a 14-day lockdown in isolation, that we'd have to go out and play a full game because we won't be match fit. Uh, the, none of the players will be able to train. So it looks like it probably be be two and a half, maybe three weeks before we play, unless um, something happens dra- dramatically with those border closures. Yep. That's incredibly frustrating for everyone, isn't it? I mean, speaking to some of the guys from the shed and they're looking <laughs> forward to a season and being at the shed and being at the games, knowing where the dates are to not when, when when they are and going on different tours and different – just it must be – for you as a business owner, it must be incredibly frustrating financially, um, have the ALED couple from the FA, then be hampered by this situation <laughs> out of your control, just crazy. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's certainly hitting the hip pocket. Um, when our memberships are down by six thousand, there's mm. six thousand people that um, haven't signed up, and every year they have signed up. We, we've had a, we were the only club in seven years in a row to have year on year increase in membership, and uh, it's just collapsed. And that's two reasons: one, they can't get their normal seat um, in in the West Stand, uh, and people uh, because they've just been uh, roped off. Um, and two, um, because they just don't know when a game or if a game uh, is going to be held. So I think uh, when we get to a situation, presumably when the vaccines go out and the borders uh, do not get closed for one case here and there, um, I hope that uh, we get a string of um, home games where people say, well, geez, I can buy seven home game pack. But it does hurt financially. Um, Obviously, we can't sell corporate uh, tickets either. Um, you know, the, the gate takings obviously uh, haven't come through. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a real, real difficult situation at the moment for the club. What about your considerations for shifting from the HBF uh, Stadium or Perth Oval to elsewhere? <laughs> look, um, yeah, it definitely has to be on the cards. So, look, when I found out what MacArthur were paying, they pay $1 per annum. Uh, in rent uh, to, the, wow. to the yeah, and but they have to pay for the security and the and the cleaning costs, obviously. Yeah. So I mean, if that sort of arrangement, ours is uh, forty thousand per game rent. Yeah. Um, so you you can see the difference that you times that by thirteen. 
um, home games. It, it makes a big, big difference. And, um, you know, playing at a smaller venue will make uh, make it uh, less of a spectacle, I think. I love HBF Park. And the government's done a great job in building it. But, um, yeah, it's just the, the fees are, are too costly at the moment, especially when its uh, capacity has been halved. Um, you know, it it just makes it difficult to to to, to uh, really make it financially viable. Yeah. Speaking of MacArthur, they actually copped a bit of wrath because they're charging $50 for an away ticket. So when they had the derby <laughs> against Sydney, all the Sydney fans, they were saying, sorry, yeah, $50 yeah, if you want to get in. So, it caused a lot of fuss amongst the owners as well, can't yeah. trust me. But uh, no, look, they've got their financial model and, um, you know, you can't stop uh, ticket prices from each club. They set their, their own prices. Yeah. Um, we set ours. Ours are, are, are fairly high compared to some of the others, like Newcastle's pretty low, Central Coast is pretty low. But, you know, we have to recover some of those costs that we have to bear. And in the end, uh, that that's uh, the way it is. And I'm glad the public now know the, the reasons why our, our ticket prices uh, uh, have been uh, um, you know, amongst the top four, I think, in the A-League. Uh, because we have to recover those costs. MacArthur should be the lowest because they're paying $1 a year rent. I mean, there's uh, yeah. Brisbane Raw now are playing, they're not playing at Suncorp anymore, and they're, they're paying, I think, um, $10,000 per annum rent on, on the thing rather than a per-game fee. So, But they pick up the cost of, the, obviously, the cleaning and the um, security. But yeah. we, we, we could do that as well. But anyway, look, it's ongoing discussions with the government. I hopefully... Um, we uh, we come to some sort of solution going forward. Uh, it's the same for the force as well, so it's not just us. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has to try and balance the books in some ways, I guess. Different for everyone. Yeah. Um, what about uh, the time that you've got to think about things now that there aren't games and action plans in place for that? Does that mean that thoughts on tech, second tier and the decoupling and the involvement in the FA Cup and those kind of things? Um, yeah. The- the decoupling is official on uh, Tuesday. There's a big meeting uh, of all the stakeholders. Um, the, it's the general meeting, so the clubs, uh, the state federations, uh, the PFA, uh, et cetera, et cetera, all meeting. Uh, so we need 75% of the vote. Um, so it hasn't happened yet. I mean, that vote has to happen on Tuesday. Uh, if that happens, uh, on Wednesday we officially become owners uh, of the league, which will be uh, uh, very, very good for for us. Uh, that means we can completely decouple. Um, the FA then won't have any say other than all the regulations. All the regulations still will be with the FFA um, because they are the ones that are affiliated with FIFA and they have the rights to run the rules. So we can't go carte blanche and say we want 11 foreigners per team, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so we do have to still abide by the um, rules set by the FA. They have all the disciplinary rules. They keep those. Um, so it, it, decoupling for us really means that we can commercially do what we want to do. We can set up another competition. We can, like, for example, in England, they have the Carling Cup. Yep. Um, we have the FFA Cup, which will be called the FA Cup from now on, um, and the A-League. So we can set up our own. So our pre-season can be, a, 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 a say, a Carling Cup or whoever sponsors it um, amongst the A-League clubs. And we can invite um, the, the top two MPL clubs from each state, something like that, and have a competition going uh, for prize money um, and, and run that. But the FA 
which will be still owned like it is in England by the Football Association, uh, but we will just have everything to do. So commercially, it's going to be a lot more freedom for us. We can advertise. Uh, we have our license back. I mean, before I just had a, a lease agreement basically with the FA. Now I will own my IP. So Perth Glory IP finally will be held by the Perth Glory Football Club, not by the FA. Mm-hmm. So lots of commercial things uh, behind the scenes will change. So we can use our logo on things that we couldn't and were uh, stopped from doing before. How does that affect the W League? Is all the same things relating to the A League going to relate to the W League? Yeah, W League, Youth League and um, A League we we now own. Uh, I really feel for our girls. I mean, uh, they've had, what, more postponements than anyone in the whole league. Um, So, uh, yeah, we hopefully we can get them playing a few games as well. I mean, uh, the guys, uh, I think, have done an extraordinary job uh, given that we started late and uh, a lot of youngsters in the team and we had some uh, a pretty bad injury to our striker. So, uh, yeah, I just hope that they can get their uh, season up and running as well. I mean, at least we've had five games in the A-League. Yeah. With, with the W-League, just out of interest, when you guys take ownership of it uh, on Tuesday, does that mean there will be talk of extending it to a proper play-every-team-twice scenario? Yeah, the next season, yeah. Yep. Look, uh, we want that to happen. We want the, the National Youth League also to thrive as well. And, uh, I mean, it's no use having a, an academy when they can't play. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's okay to say we've all got MPL teams now. Every team in the competition now has got an MPL team. But in each uh, state, they have different rules. Uh, like, I think in uh, Melbourne, they had to start off from Division 4. Um, whereas we had a good arrangement with Football West, we managed to start off in the top league, yep. uh, and we had no relegation for the first three years. And uh, um, but that that obviously has changed now. But um, yeah, it, it's just different, and you have different levels. So we want to so we want to be able to expand uh, both, so we can do that. But um, it's it's been a different world now. We don't want to plan too far ahead because things change every day. Yeah. Like we were supposed to host a, a team on the twentieth. We can't probably do that now. Uh, our guys were supposed to be training um, when they got back, and that might not happen. So it's a different world. We just have to wait and see what happens um, in the next six months. Uh, we don't even know when our new competition will start. Is it going to be an October start, November start, December start, or January start, as it was uh, this year? Yeah. So we don't know that. That's going to be dependent on a um, broadcaster, which uh, Fox, as you know, is finishing this year. So we don't know what's going to happen next year at this stage. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions. Have you, have you entered into negotiations for post-Fox period for broadcasting? Uh, look, under the rules uh, that are set down by the FA and FIFA, we, we, we're not an entity yet until Tuesday. So everything will start for us on Tuesday. We've done a lot of pre-planning, don't get me wrong, we're just not sitting there waiting. But a lot of pre-planning has been done, but uh, everything will be done in earnest on Tuesday. We've got committees from different owners are going to set up different and run different parts of it, one on sponsorship, one on uh, broadcast deal, um, et cetera, et cetera. What about the relationship with uh, Football West and the State Home of Football? Is there a relationship with Glory and uh, some kind of symbiosis happening there? No, not really. Uh, we got a good relationship with them, but um, they didn't secure enough funds for us to be part of that. They've got their own use of the pitches and um, admin facilities and that they want out there. 
there was two there was two a stage one and a stage two proposal uh, the government's uh, federal and state only uh, funded stage one uh, stage two would have been with us with four pitches um, for our youth team uh, W league team main team and a small stadium we might play a lot of our games at the at the stadium that's going to be built um, but um, yeah no but no animosity I mean it was just uh, due to the funding, I mean, they couldn't do everything uh, all at once. Uh, so we're going to stay where we are. We've got a good relationship uh, with Scotch. Uh, great grounds out there. Um, it's right near our admin facility, so uh, the players like it. And um, at the moment, um, it's not ideal. It's not what some of the other clubs have got. But um, I think um, you know we've we've had this for three or four years now. We've won a title. And, uh, and we're doing well this year, so it's not hurting us, but uh, it would be a lot better if we're all in one spot. Yeah. So finally, if the decoupling is confirmed on Tuesday, on Wednesday, what's the difference? Uh, well, what's the difference is we will, we've will we got uh, 12 owners <laughs> that um, are just champing at the bit, uh, and they've got lots of, I mean, um, I mean, I think six of them are billionaires uh, of these owners and uh, so they've got plenty of money and they haven't been able to want to invest too much more into the league because we were really just boosting up the profits for the FA- FFA. Yeah. Now, um, all of their uh, contacts and all business associates from around the world, I mean, you know, we got uh, one of the owners is, um, uh, one, I think, the third richest man in the world from um, Abu Dhabi who, who owns Citigroup, who owns Melbourne City. So there's a lot of uh, synergies and lots of things that can be brought uh, from around the world now into our league, which have been reluctant to do because we didn't even own our own logos, etc. So I think that's going to be the big difference. He's just one. I mean, there's several others that uh, have got lots of ideas, uh, got contacts with um, broadcasting houses, with private equity firms, etc., etc. So you'll see a lot of announcements coming up before June 30. Okay. Sounds look, exciting. Look forward to that. Great. That's progress. Yes. I like it. It is. It is going to be progress, and uh, I think you'll see uh, a lot more uh, visualisation of whatever the A-League becomes, whether it becomes the Australian Premier League, um, whatever it becomes, um, it will be um, a lot more visual in mum and dad's, uh, in, in our in our papers, in our TV Etc. Etc. Than it has been in the past. It will take time. I mean, if you look go back to 1992, it took a good two or three seasons to get the EPL up and running to what it is today. So we're not expecting it to happen overnight. But subtle changes you'll see. And uh, in the next, we, we believe in the next five years, uh, our sport um, football will be uh, a lot more uh, in everyone's minds than it is at the moment. Did you just make a comparison to the EPL, Tony? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, excellent. I did. I mean, you've got to have dreams. Good yeah. one. I, I like it. And look, before you made the comment about the visualization, the, the one thing that I'd like to see from the change is that the investment in putting the A League and W League and Y League into our homes, so that we don't yeah. see AFL or basketball as the very first thing all of the time. I, yeah. I want to see football, uh, soccer, football in there. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I. I think it's a it's a big big uh, ask that we've got. I mean, I think a lot of people are regimented, uh, but look, that's the that's the aim of this owners group. 
and uh, there's a lot of determined people on that owners group other than me and they've got a lot more money than me as well. So you'll see changes. But yeah, I think that, you know, when you look at the EPL, there's six clubs at the top, maybe really only four, but say, say six, and there's 14 other clubs. Um, you don't really want that situation as well. So, you know, I'm going to be fighting um, to make sure that we do have some sort of level playing field um, because you don't want a, a someone that's worth uh, $200 billion running the place. This is all very exciting, and I, and I feel um, perhaps it's uh, affirmation might be the right word for you for all of your time and investments in the A-League and your dedication and commitment to the cause. You're still with us, with Perth Glory, okay. as the owner after everything that's happened, and now you will have the opportunity to realise, hopefully, your dreams that you've been keeping and containing. So I, I feel excited yeah, for yeah. you. Thank you very much, and yeah, I'll, I won't be the most hated person at the end of <laughs> <laughs> Tony, thanks very much for joining us, and stay safe. No worries. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Tony. Tony Sage, Perth Glory owner. Well, that's very exciting. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, I love that word visualisation. Yeah. Said before my thoughts could form a question to him. Love it. Yeah. When he when he mentioned about the uh, the W League extending to a full season, yes. your eyes just about popped I out know, of your head. Right? You know, right? Good one. Good one. Okay. So we'll go to a break. I'll contain my excitement <laughs> and we'll be back to have a chat to Neil Bennett, Beyond 90 reporter. This is Penn and Pete on the World Football Program. Thanks for listening in. Don't forget, you can hop onto our new website, theworldfootballprogram.com.au and catch the show later via podcast. Give me land, lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Oswest Fencing and Royal Tryon. Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The OzWest team can offer four generations of advice, materials and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialise in colour bond, aluminium, steel and timber gates. Check out our galleries at auswestfencing.com.au. That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au. Please don't fence me in. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station sponsor. A billion people tuning into the match between... Hey, you ready?
football game sets new sales record. Welcome back to the World Football Program. Penn and Pete in the studio and Neil Bennett, Beyond 90, Northern Redbacks. Do you have any other hats we should add in there, Neil? Um, I don't know. I think that probably covers it. Um, do a fair bit around the club, but, uh, yeah, it's mainly the, the social media stuff now and, and doing their promos and then also doing the work for Beyond 90 for the W League and also writing for the NPLW. So I think that probably covers most of it. Yeah. Some exciting news this week, and I think from the women's football space, I really liked hearing that um, Tanya Oxtoby is um, having a little bit of a break because she's going to be a mommy at Bristol City. Yeah. Uh, And uh, Carolina Mariachi and uh, Nick Williams have taken over at Lazio. Lazio. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic news. Uh, Great because two females have stepped into a fantastic role, but that the club is given the confidence uh, to some professional women. Fantastic. Yeah, it is. It's really good. And um, just as an aside with the Bristol City um, situation that they played the semi-final of the English League Cup over the week um, and won, and they'll be playing Chelsea in the final. So we'll have two West Australians playing in the final there with uh, Ella Master Antonio and Sam Kerr. So um, you wouldn't know that from the mainstream media. That, that sort of news doesn't make it. So I think that the way that we can get the news out through shows like yours is, is, is absolutely critical. But, yeah, fantastic news about Nicola and uh, Carolina. They were at AC Milan um, and then part of company there. But, um, yeah, to get another gig at uh, an Italian club, that's fantastic. It is, and I find both of them to be very professional uh, respectful, credible, inspirational role models. Uh, in every instance that I've had dealings with them, and they were here in Perth. So Nicola Williams has uh, played all of her football here in Australia and coached at some very high levels here as well. And Northern Redbacks yep. is her team, and yep. uh, or, or was I should say. And uh, Carolina did some coaching programs here, so she's made yep. some friends here and has been in the community. So she's known in the Perth football community. So I, I hope that she's got the support uh, here and people follow her um, because she's becoming. Well, well, she was an international, sorry, a national player with uh, Italy, but uh, becoming an international icon with um, her standing and positions. Well done. Absolutely. Um, in fact, uh, Nicola was over um, last year and uh, popped down to watch a game at Redbacks, and you know it was always a delight to talk to her and and find out how things were. They had a very tough time of it uh, during the COVID lockdown in Italy, but um, yeah, she she was full of enthusiasm and passion as she always is. Um, as you said, a great role model, and uh, Carolina, um, we did have her for a very short period of time in 2013, helping out at Redbacks as well. And her, her academy, Nick's academy, so many female players have, uh, have 
been influenced by those two players in the short period of time they were together here in, in WA. But Nick's had a huge impact. Um, the inaugural W League coach for Perth Glory, and as you've mentioned, she's coached at national level for the junior Matilda setup, and also been a, a, an assistant coach for Trinidad and Tobago as well. So to have yeah. that sort of pedigree, um, and also not forgetting Tanya as well. Tanya's you know forging a path over in the UK. Two fantastic West Australians, um, really kicking goals at the very highest levels, and I think they, they should be applauded, and uh, everybody should really admire the work that they've been doing. Yes, and I'm very happy. We are very happy to share that kind of news. Um, and the brag factor for us, I'm going yep. to do it every now and again. And I like the fact that Nick's put this on. Nick has put this on the homepage of our new website, wordfootballprogram.com.au, the longest running football radio show in Australia. That's right. Yes, that's fabulous. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's a there's a number of little things that pop up, and we we complain about the coverage, and you know that's. There was a classic example last week where the AFLW dominated uh, the sports segment on yes. Channel 10. And that that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Just female athletes getting out and playing sport and being recognised is brilliant. Share the and love, yet, though. On the same, yeah, yeah. But the same day, uh, uh, Heyman in, uh, for Canberra, she equaled the W League goal-scoring record yes. with a two in the game. Yep. And that wasn't mentioned at all. But I think that the important thing is that your show and... The, the websites that pop up that are the catering for the women's sport, they're the ones that are going to start doing the heavy lifting because as time goes on, they're going to start growing and people will become more and more interested. The West Australian is now showing more interest in the world game. Um, I was talking to one of their journalists at the last W League game and he said it was a policy for the West Australian now to talk more about football, not just at A-League and W League level, but coming down into state league le- level as well in the NPL. And that's got to be a good thing. So the fact that the only newspaper in our state is beginning to recognise that. Um, the wheels are slowly turning and all we can do is just keep pumping away and uh, trying to get the attention that the game deserves. I think, Sue, that Tony brought up a, well, a whole lot of great points in his conversation, Tony Sage, Perth Glory owner, uh, that with the decoupling, the <laughs> the squillionaires, billionaires that of their money, <laughs> who's been rather contained to this point because of ownership rights, etc., will be uncontained. And one of the things that I really liked is that, Tony, you said the visualisation will improve. And to me, that means, well, okay, when we read the newspapers and look at the media, there'll be more football because that's where they'll want to put their money to promote the sport that they're investing in. And I like that a lot. That's what the FFA should have been doing. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the coverage, we we all know that the coverage the AFLW is going to get is is inflated somewhat because of the, the... the mainstream Channel Seven and, and the West Australian, they, they are going to concentrate on the W League. Uh, sorry, on the AFL. So it's understandable that that gets the lion's share. But really, the, as we accelerate towards 2023, the growth in the game and the coverage of the game will only get bigger and bigger. And it's really important that, for want of a better word, the grassroots media, we really get on board with that and. You know, keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it, and I think it's great uh, what you guys do. Um, you know, we're, we're trying our little bit with, with the Beyond Ninety site as well, um, and we do get we do get some successes, and, and that's from small things, big things grow. I think is what they say, isn't it? Absolutely. Yep. So, just moving. Oh, we should mention just while we're talking very large things. The Asian Cup is planned for January twenty twenty two, and. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I just 
uh, as we said in the conversation with previous guests, it's kind of like the new norm is how to adapt to everything that changes. And, um, you know, we can say this is when it's planned to be, um, but we'll just take it as it comes at the moment. And the good thing is that, you know, I think it's been bringing a lot of progress and we're able to reflect on how things have been done and how we can do things better. So we're having a lot more think time and consideration time and in sport and, you know, community participation. I think that's a good thing. We're all, you know, looking out for each other and thinking how we affect each other and what we can do to make things better. So, you know, in that chain side of things, there's a lot of progress and growth, I feel. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> so Definitely. Let- it was, Go sorry, ahead. it was interesting. I, I, I did have a, a conversation, I did an interview with uh, the Glory goalkeeper from, uh, she's a, a New Zealand player, and she ran through where she had played uh, with the New Zealand junior setup and she's been everywhere there's uh, brazil america uh, trinidad and tobago kazakhstan uh, azerbaijan and uh, just a huge variety of places and yet you think and you compare that that's the new zealand football federation are pushing their players into these tournaments and yet our federation at the moment with our junior setup they only play the asian qualifiers and that's it they're not getting enough exposure they're not getting enough game time and I think FFA need to step up into that space as well because talking uh, to, to the Kiwis in the glory setup, that's something that we're really, really falling behind in. And we, we need to make sure that our younger players are getting the game time at levels and they've been exposed to different types of football from the different confederations. Neil, do you know how many international players there are across the W League? There's three in our Perth Glory team, seven Kiwis across the entire W League, but do you know the number of international players across the W League? Um, there is, uh, there's a Chilean international at Adelaide, I know that. Um, there's not many. There's an Irish girl playing for Sydney, I think, but she's basically naturalised. She's been here uh, for three or four seasons now with her job. There's obviously not very many now yes. uh, compared mm. to, to, to how many in previous seasons. I think that's a good thing. Um, it does open up the, the, the playing rosters and allows more local players to come through. Um, but you still would like to think that we can attract international players, but I, I don't think we're going to be doing that in the future. I think more and more American players will be looking towards the English Premier League yes. uh, and into Europe as well. So I think that's a reality we're going to have to face, but that doesn't mean that we can't attract good quality players coming in um, from overseas, they just have to be a slightly different mix, I think, than maybe not the full internationals, but you know, those are on the fringes, something like that. Yep. I think that with the world as it is right now, that there are a lot of younger players that are getting exposed to higher levels of competition because of the COVID situation. Uh, mm-hmm. With the decoupling of the, uh, the national leagues uh, from the FA, I think that will help um, invest money in different areas for the game, which is going to help uh, us get to an, a new level. I'm talking about women's football here. I'm, I'm talking about, yeah. well, okay, if money goes in, and Tony was talking about having a full home and away league yeah. for W League. Um, so yeah. you know, he, I'm hoping that that sentiment is shared across all the other squillionaires that have invested. <laughs> so then, you know, all the other clubs are on the same wavelength, um, then anyone who hears that, like me, will be exceptionally excited because that means more opportunities for more players to come in and be exposed with the visualisation happening. Um, I'm just... And it it just makes it a more legitimate competition anyway. I mean, you don't want to... But that also... with the W League, you're the final table and it's matches played 10 or whatever the number is, you know? But... but, but 
the, the next thing that I'm totally excited about, I'm containing myself here very well. No, you're not. No, okay, all right. So the next thing is that um, once they're out playing football across a home and away league, then that's more games that they'll be exposed on the digital footprint. Yeah. So around the world, those players can be seen. So they won't have to work so hard. Okay, they'll be um, – Seen. So if they want to play in America or Chile or England or whatever it is, those younger players, more players will be seen with an international footprint because they're on the digital whatever. I just – it all makes oh, – yeah, right. I'm not containing myself very well at all. <laughs> well, no, that, I mean, that's absolutely right because the, the fact that Football West last season decided to live stream every single NPL game, I yes. mean, we're only talking four games around. But the numbers that were coming in, and if you looked at their video over the whole year, the top video was the announcement of the 2023, and Sam was involved in that. That that gets eyes on 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 views straight away the moment you put Sam Kerr up. And then the next but, one might have been Kat Yukich's Rabina. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and, and even even some of the league games, we were pulling, we were looking at our figures um, at Redbacks when uh, we played one game against Fremantle, and it was a horrible, horrible Sunday. Um, but over 10,000 viewers for that particular game, and that was one of the top-rating videos, never mind the men, you know, that was yeah. that was right across. It was beating a lot of the men, and we had over 140,000 views um, across all of the games that we competed in uh, last season, and that flows on to sponsors because you can then say to them, hey, look at this, you know, you're going to get views of your sponsor's logo and this, and it's all basically for free. Yeah. Um, we've put your sponsor logo onto our shirt and we can run around. I mean, we've been incredibly lucky in the last three months. At Redbacks, we picked up with a huge company, a worldwide mining company, Epiroc. Um, they have come on board with us for three years and have really stabilised us and give us a huge opportunity now. And when you consider that we're a tiny, tiny club of less than, almost less than 100 players, we are really, really small and yet we're able to attract a sponsor like that because of the diversity that we provide as being a female club and the fact that they can see the value in the women's game growing as we run up to 2023. And it was a massive, massive boost for us. And that's such a huge company to come on board was just incredible. The, the live streaming has been a, a fantastic feature. I noticed, uh, I know last year when they were streaming one of the NPL games, I sat down, sort of cast it on the TV and watched it and, Suddenly it hit me. I'm I'm sitting here on my couch watching Coburn City play. I think it was ECU June Love. I can't remember. At the he time. lives just down the road from the ground, by the way. Yeah, but it was like, <laughs> you know, I remember a few years back without Foxtel. You know, you'd struggle struggle to see the glory on TV. Now I'm actually sitting on my couch yeah. watching an NPL game, mm-hmm. and and yeah. you know, I think at times we um, just need to stop and step back and go. You know, there has been a lot of progress. There has been a lot of progress made. Um, there's still yes. more to make, but you know, things are yeah. heading in the right direction. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, and, and players at games as well, you know, yeah. um, they're, they're tuning in, um, they're watching the game and then they're, they're following the other games to find out what the scores are yeah. and, and the spectators in the stand. So, you're absolutely right. And the Instagrams, um, you know, we, we've got an Instagram account, uh, as a m- number of clubs have, and that age group of 14 up to 25, 30, that's, that's what they're growing up on. Um, you know, Facebook is now almost old buddy duddies now, yeah. but um, Instagram, you can put an Instagram video up and we film interviews with the players or a coach after the game and then we post that almost immediately and it gets loads of views um, because 
everybody wants to see what's going on within the club, who's involved in the club, and then that has a flow-on effect as well. And if you, as we did, we we, we put up um, a five-minute video package where we would take the live stream and we would save it and then edit it up, put a five-minute package up, yep. throw that out a couple of days up, but you've got an edited highlights, and all of a sudden, the buzz starts to grow, you know, and you can put sponsors' logos onto that as well, and they can see that they're getting that exposure. And it's these things that we're all working towards, I think, that, that really helps us to grow the game rather than relying on the odd snippet from a community newspaper or the little bit here and there that might pop up, pop up on the news. And they only ever come to us if there's something going wrong with the game. Yeah. We can drive our own agendas here now, and we can really push it forward. Uh, and it is, you're right, uh, and it's it's very very exciting the way that the game is growing outside of the influences of mainstream media. Yes. Now, Neil. Oh, by the way, Dave Kindness says hello to everybody. <laughs> hello, Dave. Thanks for tuning in. Really do appreciate that. And if you want to say hello or shout out for your club news or just give you comment or opinion on anything or ask a question of any of our guests, please do land on the Facebook page, the World Football Program Facebook page, and just uh, make a comment. You have to like the page, I think, to log in. Yep. And uh, go for it. And Pete's usually trawling it, aren't you, Pete? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, no one's brings... posted anything this morning. They're, they're so listening they're... in with their yeah, cuppa. That's, that's right. great. Good job, everyone. Uh, Neil, what about this heading thing that's getting a bit of traction around the world? What's your thoughts yeah, on that? Mm, um, look, I've always felt that heading was part and parcel of the game, but when you see some of the research that's coming out, and there was a famous England footballer who played in the 1970 World Cup, and now I'm showing my age. Um, fellow by the name of Jeff Astle, who passed away a long time ago. And it was found that he was basically suffering from the dementia that got him through repetitive heading of the ball. Now, the balls at that time were very, very heavy. With the leather ones, they absorbed water. But you've got to start thinking, well, how much of that do we we want to mitigate against without taking away that aspect of the game? It's It's a tricky one. I still think that there's... Nothing better than a fantastic whipped in cross and suddenly getting on the head on the end of it and just bullet head a pass a goalkeeper. You know, great, great goal. But Perth it's gonna mean that the Perth Glory striker. Um yes. Agostino. Uh, Agostino. Uh, Dagestino. Dagestino. Yes. Dagest. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Typical. Just brilliant stuff. Yep. Um, you know, and you can see it in the kids when they're growing up that the big punted ball out, there is this tendency to duck underneath it. But mm. then Having grown up with the old English game, nothing better than a blood and guts <laughs> challenge between a centre forward and a centre half going for that ball. You know, it used to add to the to the spectacle of the game. But yeah, yeah look, I, I think we need to to, to look into it definitely. Yes. Um, I, I would hate to see it removed from the game, but if it means that players are staying safe, then yeah, there's got some merit in it. I don't know yeah. how we go about yeah. it, but. I think we need to investigate it. I think we can say watch this space and we'll just bring it up for a topic of conversation. There are already associations across Europe who have banned it for kids. Yep. And there was one senior association that just recently banned it and I can't remember where it was in the world, not here in Australia. And I thought with interest, hmm, they've clearly done some serious research. The the other thing is if, if kids aren't doing it, you know, say if they say under 12 is no heading, you could find that if those kids then, as they age, you know, 10 years down the track, they're not as adept at heading. You might find it dies out a little bit anyway just because yeah. they've grown up not doing it. They'd have to accommodate... Well, the, picked it up later than, the, than most yeah. skills, other skills. They'd have to accommodate in the game somehow, develop different skills. You'd have to, to to coach different skills if you were going to avoid heading in a game yeah. or remove yeah. it from the game. 
watch this space, I reckon. Neil, the Women's Night Series, the local WNPL Night Series. Give us a little bit of a rundown on the teams and uh, the three venues that are being played at Murdoch, Dorian Gardens and Mum FC, so the Murdoch Stadium, Edinburgh Oval was the other one, sorry. Um, The teams that are involved and some of the coaches. Give us a bit of a background there. It's fascinating because Fremantle have got a new coach, Redbacks have got a new coach, Mum have got a new coach, Balcada have got a new coach. And then you throw into the mix the W League players that won't be available because they'll still be competing. Yep. Mm. And I think this is a really, really open competition this year. Um, I don't see a really strong favourite because you don't know what the player movements have been like through the season either. Uh, that's the other added unknown. Uh, you know, I think the W League has shown the way that teams that are settled seem to have a better success rate. And whilst not wishing to sound negative, I think it's a truism that Perth Glory have suffered from this stop-start way that they select their squads. You've only got to look. One year they're in the grand final, the next year they don't make the finals. The following year they make the grand final, the next year they don't make the finals. They're really struggling at the moment because of COVID, but they've thrown a whole new squad in there. They've got a brand new coach. So I think teams in the in the NPLW that have got a new coach and have got a number of new players coming in, they may struggle to gel during the competition. But I think the exciting thing for me is that the movement of players now to teams that they might have stayed at a at a club for a while, hoping to break in because their friends are there. But now they can see there's opportunities at other clubs that they can go to and they can play at a level. And certainly some of the under-23 players, they should be really pushing now across all of the clubs to be breaking into their Premier League team. Did you, Perth, for example. Did you want to mention two. some of the coaches? You said there was a changeover of a lot of teams there. I don't know their names. That's the problem. I mean, with Mum, um, there's been another change, so I believe. Yep. Um, I, I think that Elisa Davidio was in the was in the mix, and now because of her duties with Perth Glory, she's no longer in, in there. Yep. Um, there's obviously um, at Redbacks, we've had a change. That's the only coach's name I do know, so do forgive me for this, but Carlos has come up, uh, Carlos Vega-Manir, he's come up from uh, our under-14s, under-16s, to be very, very successful at junior level. He's an ex-professional professional player from Chile. So we're expecting big things from him, but he's got to get his ideas across. Um, Perth look as if they've got a good settled squad, but they don't have their goalkeeper. Um, Becky Bennett's going to be with the W League, and how much of an impact is that going to be? Similarly, NTC have been absolutely decimated with a number of players not just the ones that have gone into the Perth Glory setup, there's four of them, but also Letitia mm. McKenna has gone over to uh, Brisbane Raw and a couple of other players have left. They've, they've aged out. So that's a brand new team almost coming in. Um, Curtin. Curtin is an interesting one. I think with Curtin, they're picking up a lot of players from elsewhere. They may not be as settled as last year um, because they've lost players as well. So we don't really know about them. But I, I have a feeling that, um, that with the, the player makeup at Murdoch and at Redbacks and Perth, notwithstanding the goalkeeper, they may be the three that are in the mix um, to sort of be top four and, and competing in the semi-finals, and then pick anybody else. Alcata, Caitlin Douglas, her impact on that side is huge, and they've got a new coach. 
how they go, I don't know. Um, and then Subiaco as well. Well, you would have to say they'd have to improve enormously from last season to make any impact. Um, that may be the case. An early season, pre-season tournament is often throws up a few surprises. But I would pick uh, the semi-finals as being Redback, Perth, Mum and Frio, uh, simply because you know they seem to be on paper the, the strongest squads again. But again, with Frio, new coach, don't know what the player movements have been like. And they've also lost Tash and um, the other player's name escapes me at the moment, uh, Jamie Lee Gale, with the W League. So they're going to be, and, and also, obviously, Gemma as well. Um, so they're, they're going to be losing three key players. Redbacks lose three, three key players as well. Um, it's cross the board. I think it's going to be really exciting. Uh, and it'd be interesting to see how it all pan, pans out. Absolutely. Uh, the new norm is a changing norm. That's, that's, that's how it is. So the night series is proposed to start on the Friday 26th of February with games Mum FC uh, versus – actually, isn't Mum FC versus it's, Curtin? Uh, uh, Mum FC versus Curtin, Fremantle versus Subiaco, both of those at Murdoch Uni. Yes. And Northern Redbacks against Balcatta and Perth SC against Football West, and both of those at yeah. Doreen Gardens. On the Sunday. Oh, sorry, that's on the Sunday the yeah. 28th. Yep. Yeah. So uh, 6.30 and 8.30 kickoffs on Friday night and 5 o'clock and 7 o'clock kickoffs on the Sunday night. So all very um, uh, comfortable times to get to on a Friday and a Sunday evening. And yeah. like I said, South of the River venues. And one thing I do like about South of the River venues, it's not too busy to get to those. Like the traffic, if is, you live South of the is, River, is it's Dorian pretty awesome. Garden South of the River? Uh, Perth. It actually only takes 10, 15 minutes to get there from most places south of the river using the freeway. So, like, yeah, Dorian, Dorian's a, a north of the river yeah, one, but I'm, yeah, you're right. I mean, Mur- Murdoch's, just off, the, yeah, Murdoch's yeah. just off the freeway and yeah. Curtin's pretty easy to get to as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so well done for those clubs on securing the venues. It'll be interesting to get some feedback from the clubs playing at Mum FC being a synthetic turf. be yep. the first time I think the night series has been on a synthetic turf ever that I can remember out of the men's or the women's competition. Oh, right. Okay, okay. Well, that's, that's good. I mean, that... that that did add uh, an added difficulty to to away teams going there, um, and not saying for one moment that was the reason Mum won. Mum won the league because they were the better team. End of story. Um, but I know that you know our our girls when they went there, they found that the recovery afterwards was very difficult because it's really really hard on, yes. on legs. So that's something that the Mum players were used to. But they had to go through that week in week out and train on it. I'm assuming as well. So uh, yeah, yeah. The, Post-game fitness is, um, and pre-game stuff is uh, concentrating mm-hmm. on making sure your muscles are you know, ready and then yeah. recovered afterwards, so prepared for that kind of ground. Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and forgot to mention as well with mum, you know, the impact of not having Kat um, playing for them as well um, is, is going. It provides opportunities though, uh, for, for the players who want to have a crack and, and see what they're like. And then again, the new coach coming in, out is a gel. It's obviously quite a settled side. I don't think there's been too many movements uh, at a month. So they're going to be in the mix again, no doubt about that. Yeah, hope so. Um, we'll, see, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens in the lead up to that. We've got a few weeks before the Women's Night Series kicks off, so hopefully all the COVID stuff settled down Put and, up, um, yeah, mum's looking strong and does biz and, yeah, you know, I'm comfortable with Are that. <laughs> Sorry, Neil. <laughs> That's all right. No, no. I mean, I Friendly think um, 
No, I think uh, certainly the, one of the best games I saw uh, live, and I, I went to all of the Redbacks games with um, Barra Couple, was, was the semi-final. Uh, two teams just went toe-to-toe, um, and it was a, a real, really good advert for women's soccer, as was the final as well, where both sides just went at it um, for 120 minutes, and the crowd that came in towards the end of the game to watch the men's final Yep. were treated to an absolutely brilliant cup final. Yep. And then the drama with the penalty shootout at the end of that as well, you couldn't beat it. Yeah, so just to refresh that Mum FC won the league and yep. Redbacks won the cup <laughs> final. So won the cup final and we mustn't forget that Fremantle won the ninth series last year as well. Yep. Um, so they had, a, they had a flying start and then everything ground to a halt and seemed to really throw a spanner in the works for a couple of teams there. Yes. Neil, it's been great catching up with you. Really appreciate your time. Please stay safe and come back and chat more football. I'd love to. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on. Take care, everybody. Good one, Neil. See ya. See ya. Bye-bye. That was Neil Bennett. And if you recognise his voice, yes, he does weather on the news as well. <laughs> Which channel? Uh, ABC. There you go. Yeah. It's giving lots of people plugs today, aren't we? Yeah. Lots of networks and, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's okay. We're a community show and we like to share. That's right. Mm. This is Penn and Pete. We are going to come back and talk more football, of course, with Stace Ionidis from the Soccer Scene website, which talks about football, news, nationally, globally. This is Penn and Pete. Back soon. Whoops, better put the promo on. Got too excited. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. West Coast Futsal accommodates for players of all skill levels and ages. With four great locations around Perth, we have a time and a venue to suit anyone's busy week. From social men's, women's or mixed games to A-grade competition, we've got you covered. Games are played night and day, indoor and outdoor, all year round. So grab five mates and come down for a game today. My dream for Australian football is for it to uh, fulfil its potential, pure and simple. It doesn't have to be the number one sport in Australia or even the number two. I don't care about any of that. I just want it to fulfil its potential. And at the moment, we've, I would estimate, uh, fulfilled about 5 to 10% of its potential. We've barely scratched the surface. We've got such more growth in us, more clubs more infrastructure, more supporters, more eyeballs on television, more success for the national team. Um, So there are so many things to aim for and to be excited about. Um, But all we have to do is fulfil our potential. The rest will take care of itself. Sorry if I blasted anyone's ears there. That was very annoying how it does that. Yeah, the volume was jumping around all over the place. Gosh, okay. Penn and Peter back. 
Talking More Football in the studio, continuing to be excited about all the news that we're catching up on. And we have the soccer scene CEO on the line, Stace Ioannidis. Good morning or good afternoon, Stace. How are you? Good morning and good afternoon to you and your listeners. How are we all? Fantastic. Great. Thanks for joining us. Really do appreciate your time. And are you three hours ahead? Where are you at this moment? I am three hours ahead. At the moment, uh, I'm in Melbourne, uh, in Heidelberg, uh, doing my uh, weekend volunteering at my, my club at Heidelberg United. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's an overcast day in Melbourne. Yeah, well, we have something in common. It's overcast here as well. And we also have another thing in common. We're in lockdown too. That's <laughs> <laughs> a surprise. Yeah, we're there. We're there. So a lot of things uh, to talk about in football, Stace. We've had um, a few months off and we're back and trying to cram everything into two hours. We're doing all right so far. We've had Tony Sage on the line from Perth Glory telling us about the decoupling, which is going to be confirmed Tuesday, and then from Wednesday it's, uh, well, open season on Billionaire Investment City, I think. So um, I I think it's a very exciting time for football because what it means for all of us is that we're going to hopefully see more of it and see changes, Stace. Yeah, and look, that's correct. And, and look, we'll see a lot of changes uh, take place. It's not going to happen immediately. They're obviously now starting to put foundations in place, as we saw in, uh, earlier this week announced with the, um, the two new appointments, which is very promising, which they both have that skill set to take the game to the next level. Um, but also for Football Australia, it is that now they can focus on other areas of growth of the game. Really? So True. Um, now that they're leaving competitions, they can focus on the industry side uh, and, you know, uh, the national teams and, uh, you know, and moving towards Southeast Asia. So it is exciting times. We've all got to be patient um, in this journey, but there's a lot of good positive to come out from this. So that's an interesting thing that you just said then, and I... I really like the fact you focused on the positive outcome, which was they can change their focus and put their energy into other areas and grow that. So my concern would be if the people who have invested into football, uh, as in the owners of the A-League teams, have a lot of money mm-hmm. and they've paid their, that money into licenses, which has gone into the FFA or the FA coffers, now they're not the FA is not going to have access to that investment. How are they going to fund the national programs and football nationally. So you're talking from the FA perspective, how they're going to fund mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. Well, I think it's looking quite promising now that we will get a second division coming into place yep. that will be ultimately under a FA-administered umbrella. Um, I know there's a bit of differences that they out there they want to be independent. So I feel that they're going for that that perspective there to to pump up their coffers. But also, look, there's been exciting new announcements coming through. Uh, we've had the Cucumber Quirks come on board. We've had uh, Priceline come on board in Cadbury. So, look, there's been new partnerships formed. Um, and now with you know, Peter Philopolis being on board, they are focusing on these new growth and, and new uh, uh, networking establishments. So, um, look, again... Their focus is not on competitions. They're focusing on uh, other areas of the game, which ultimately had lacked throughout the years. 
and obviously they've identified it, but it's heading in that right direction at the moment. So, look, I think this has all got to be patient, and uh, and time will tell, really. Yeah, good. it's a good comment, and we need to remember that too. It's change, and I like the fact that with COVID, there's been space from competitions that the investors in the game, not necessarily money investors, but just the people who invest their time can have a think about what is good for our game and take the time to change those things. We've needed to do that for a while and the last year and this year will be the same. Uh, They'll be thinking about those things um, and and changing them because we need to because um, if we can't play the football, which is what brings in the money, then they'll need to think about what else can bring in the money. Yeah. Correct, correct. And, and look, uh, I think the, the COVID period has been a, a real soft reflection. And, and we get caught up, as, you know, as naturally we get caught up in our day-to-day grind, really. So we don't have that time to reflect. I think it was a perfect opportunity um, to reflect um, as, you know, custodians of the game, as administrators, as commercial partners, um, and, and really have a think about which way do we need to go. Um, and looking what's happening at the moment, it is heading in that right direction. Um, and I believe there's some good news to come in the next couple of months, and if not the next couple of years as well, leading up even to the Matildas uh, World Cup or the Women's World Cup, I should say. So, look, there's been a lot of focus. Um, certainly, we've seen as, as a publication ourselves that we've grown in the last 12 months. Um, we've had people come knocking on our door um, with all this innovational technology um, at the moment. Unfortunately, as we've seen with COVID, um, the priorities are not there for government to be investing in new technologies yeah. um, as they really want to drive people back into work and obviously ramp up construction as well because it's got the multiplier. So I think uh, new technology investment or investments, new investments won't be in the next three to five years. So um, again, we've just got to be patient, really. One thing that the government has really invested in for uh, participation, sports and participation, is incredible amounts of money, grants, facilities, um, changing uh, club rooms to make it uh, equal men, uh, male, female, um, new facilities. I mean, uh, was it the New South Wales uh, are changing? Is it Parkley that they're changing? There's one of the big facilities there that they're changing. We've got the state home of football here um, and there's a whole host across Australia where facilities are uh, in the planning stages or being changed and that is a very good thing. Look, it's projects, or well, shovel-ready projects really. So you've got to understand if you unpack it, the multiplying effects that it has to the economy, okay? It's not just the, the plastering, it's the freight. It's somebody putting the plaster to paint up. So there's multiplying uh, effects to the economy um, stimulate, yep. um, so that, which is which is the thing that we need to get immediately done. So if any other planning and resources in technology um, and so forth will come in the next three to five years, um, we're starting to see a lot in Victoria as well. Infrastructural spend, again, councils are investing in new turf, synthetic turf, lighting equipment, and you know multi-purpose. Uh, facilities. So uh, it, it is promising. It is very, very promising. And the, real, the reality is that we have to be, you know, uh, aligned with the rest of the world as well, especially in Southeast Asia, um, because if we don't start to invest in that, we will, we will fall behind. So no. I, I, you know, condemn the state governments and territories what they've done. 
and the federal government as well um, in putting money into facilities. Mm. And that's a really good point too, that um, I know in Western Australia here, Stace, in the last couple of years, Football West has really grown the links with the Asian counterparts. There's been teams travelling backwards and forwards. Um, Perth Glory have, have had quite a few yeah, games. They've been off to Malaysia and yep. you know, pre-season. Yep, absolutely. And, and obviously that stopped in the COVID period, which has yep. been a little bit of a hit to the, the brand and um, the tours and, and whatever <laughs> else to support them. Um, but it, I agree that you know if we increase the facilities, then when all this is reached that normal, stable place again, then we'll have those... <laughs> Tours and we'll have the the travel and we can make use of it. Um, I mean, we want to make use of it here. Obviously, we want everyone to have male, female, equal opportunities for facility use and then we want to have the best use for anyone coming into the sport to be able to share the participation. But then beyond that is international use yep. as well. Yep. So kind of And look, just touching on what you said, Penny, it's having the facilities but as well exporting. Okay, it's not exporting goods, we're exporting education, like we do with our schooling systems here in, uh, in Australia. So if we can get our facilities up to an international level, then we're tapping into a globalised market after. And then we can export training, we can export education of football into Southeast Asia. So the game can be used as a driver, and I urge government as well to have a deep think about where it needs to head in the next three or five years. Um, in tapping into new markets as well into Asia. I think that uh, they're all valuable comments and we do have the space now right at this time in Perth. We've certainly got the space because I don't think we've got any more games for a couple of weeks. (laughs) 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 Um, Until we have that string of games, which will mean... That's actually going to be really exciting and I hope the fans come out and support that and the shed. My my liver's not going to enjoy that. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to that because that'll help the Perth branding. It's taken a bit of a hit. Tony Sage was saying that you know memberships are down because yeah. people have that uh, unknowingness. They're reserved about wanting to go to a game. It'll change. Um, they won't get their seats and all that kind of thing. Well, I'm noticing here, Penny, in, especially at National Premier League Victoria, uh, just with the pre-season games, there's been an influx of a lot of people watching pre-season friendly at the moment. Uh, for instance, uh, Heidelberg and I was playing um, uh, St Albans about a week ago here, and there was over 500 people, just sort of friendly game. Mm. So we're noticing now at the moment that people do have the design hunger to go out and watch the football, yeah. and they've been locked up from COVID. They want to get out. Yes. Now. And it's a lot more accessible at NPL level than going to A-League with all the logistics Stace, so, so, do you reckon that that's an age-related thing? Like, do you think that would be more adults than kids? Like, I'm finding that some of the high school age kids are really enjoying the lockdown part because they can game and communicate with their mates online rather than actually go out and be active. So, what do you think about the ages going to the those games? Oh, uh, look. To be honest, I mean, look, pre-season commenced for even in, uh, NPL juniors, right? So. I think I'm seeing kids as well. I saw a lot of girls, which is promising, and I've seen uh, boys as well. So, look, I don't think it's an age. Um, I think people are keen to get out, good, uh, and get away to get away from the restrictions that we've had. Um, and I think, and I, and I believe that this season is going to be very, very promising 
in attendance for you know uh, NPL or state league level. Good really, to hear. Uh, people do have people have that desire. And like today is my Saturday that I'm you know, uh, volunteering at Heidelberg United uh, in the back of the kitchen. But I'm seeing in excess of 450 people today. Yeah. Again, for friendly pre-season friendly, and the season doesn't kick off in two weeks. So um, I'm just it's very promising at the moment. Good one. Stace, really appreciate your time today. Uh, and Thank especially, you very much. Especially as you're stepping away from your volunteering there, <laughs> which they appreciate your time too. So we'll let you get back to it. And please join us again through the year and share your, your views from Soccer Scene. Thank you very much, Penny, and to all your listeners. Thank you very much. And uh, have a great afternoon coming uh, there in Perth. Stay safe. Stace. Thank you, Stace. All the best. Bye. Cheers. That was Stace Ioannidis, Ioannidis from Soccer Scene. He's the CEO there. And they took more global issues for football, but uh, relative to us all. Yeah, kind of worth mentioning he was at Heidelberg, who are the one team that have knocked Perth Glory out of the <laughs> FFA Cup. So I don't know if we should actually have him on again. <laughs> He's an interesting Sorry, chap, the one, one state league team that's knocked, <laughs> knocked the glory out of the Cup. So Yeah, it'll be in- interesting FA Cup this year. Yes, well, mm. I did see that they the FFA has put out their football calendar for the year, and if I could find the right tab, it actually did have uh, the FFA Cup marked on it. So, presumably, it will be starting. It'll be running in August, twenty twenty one. They've got round 30, yeah, round of thirty two, round of sixteen. You know the whole thing, and the final in October the on October the thirtieth. Yep, and the one thing that really works with the the cup is that it's online yep. and uh, like that they live stream it through various uh, means, which means that even if people can't get to see the games because of COVID restrictions and social distancing and whatever, it'll be streamed yep. so that the whole of Australia can see it, yep. which and, is fantastic. And the Cup also, um, as we know, it's normally a midweek competition, so I did also notice on, on this calendar that um, the first few rounds are all on Tuesday, Wednesdays as previously, but the semifinals and the final are actually scheduled for a weekend. So I, I can't recall off the top of my head the previous FFA Cups if they finished with a final on the weekend or not. Um, I could probably go back and look. But, yeah, certainly this year's one semifinals, finals will be on a Saturday, Sunday. We're going to go to a break and come back and chat more football with Elizabeth Ree. This is Penn and Pete on the World Football Program. Thanks for listening in. Everybody has goals. Whether it's learning a new skill or passing on knowledge, making new friends, is it finding a career path or reaching your full potential? Chase your goals. See where football can take you. 107.9 FM, your local station. Lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Auswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The Auswest team can offer four generations of advice, materials and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialise in colour bond, aluminium, steel and timber gates. Check out our galleries at auswestfencing.com.au. That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T-Fencing.com.au Don't fence me in 
Welcome back to the World Football Program. Penn and Pete in the studio with you until 12 today and then the next team will hop in next Saturday, hosted by Sean. And we have Elizabeth Ree on the line. Good morning, Liz. Thanks for joining us. It's been a while since we've had a chat on air to you. Welcome to 2021. Are you staying safe? Thank you, Penn. Morning, Pete. Yes, I'm staying very safe. We're living in the best state and the best country and the best place in the world. Um, It was nicer when it was a bit warmer, but I suppose it's nice to have a bit of a cool change and the rain, which we definitely need. Absolutely. Yeah. Down the hills. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So how is the community looking sports-wise? Paint us a picture of how 2021 started or looked compared to the start of 2020? Well, the start of 2020 was like a sort of a normal as they were going along. The start of 2021 is just confusion. <laughs> the just basic confusion that we were like, everybody was sailing, okay, we've got to do this, that, the next thing, no problem, just make sure you've got sanitizers out and then all of a sudden we have a five-day lockdown and then people are a bit confused. Do they, those people come here, there and everywhere? Um, which is a bit of an issue. A lot of the clubs don't actually have the WA Safe app, so because it's just the season starting, so people presumed would be the end of it, not the beginning of it again. Actually, that's so a really good. That's clubs. a really good point. And just working on that one, Liz, is that um, people who have done things for a long time in the same way. Mm. Um, may just go about them in the same way until they're prompted. So from higher up, the committees and uh, organising groups need to get to the people right down on the grass and say, actually, we need to do it this way and encourage them with things. So I've noticed that already in my, you know, pathways through the community in the last few weeks is that, um, you know, we have to wear the mask and we have to wash our hands, but the people that go about things in the normal ways maybe just need to share that message to everyone as well. The, the biggest thing, the absolutely biggest thing I reckon is getting out on the grass where you run around. Mm. People just get out on the grass and run around. But getting from their car and getting to the grass and the parents bringing them down, what do they do? That That's going to be the biggest thing. Yeah. And the problem is as well that uh, in a lot of instances when there's training, the actual club rooms aren't open. So there is nowhere to go and wash and sanitise your hands. Mm. So you really have to bring some sanitizers with you. And, I mean, there are a lot of sanitizers you can buy these days that just clip onto your belt and clip onto your handbag. So it's not as if you can't find them, and they're only a couple of dollars anyway. Yep. Yeah. So you can travel with them. The problem is that a lot of people that are out on ovals are with people with dog walkers on ovals who are with the general public on ovals that you don't know if they're spitting, coughing or whatever. So, you know, you can have uh, a groundswell of bacteria, germs, viruses, undesirables running around when you arrive. And unfortunately, you don't have a ground manager Every time you have someone go to training to make sure the place is disinfected, good, and it's just not—it's pretty problematic as it is. So the only thing you can say to people, and this is one of the things with wearing a mask, is that people don't realise how many times they touch their face. Yeah. And by wearing a mask, it does stop people 
touching their face, which is a good hygiene barrier. But it's also the fact that um, when you're playing sport and you're doing vigorous exercise, you actually don't have to wear a mask. But you're actually physically coughing and spluttering. Mm. It's like they made the decision you can't dance, you know, under these rules. Because dancing means you're using more energy, so therefore you're the air coming out of you will actually go a further distance. Nightclubs. So, are still so a lot of people, yeah. So a lot of people that were planning a fundraiser, whether it was basic dancing or the school ball, uh, have now had to stop that. And as we know, a lot of the clubs are in financial straits because even though a lot of local governments actually reduced the cost of hiring, etc., and realising there was nobody on the ground, so therefore they shouldn't charge the club for using the ground. Um, they still have a lot of other costs, as we discussed previously, regarding insurance and lighting and everything else. So to hamstrung them again into not being able to hold an event is difficult. And it's not only 1.5, it's now 4 metres square. So a lot of clubs, and I think both of you have been privy to a lot of um, football clubs over the years, where you're battling to get a big room where you could have more than, say, 10 or 12 people with the four-square-a-metre rule. So how do you then raise finances? And if it's going to rain all weekend, um, that actually prohibits people from being in a club room. So the onus goes back to, unfortunately, the club to have somebody on the door counting how many people can or can't go in. So if you have a four-square-metre, 40-square-metre club room, you effectively can only have 10 people in it. Liz, you're painting a pretty, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm feeling grey now. <laughs> can, well, pa- I'm just pa- paint us a I'm positive picture, to, woman. <laughs> well, I'm trying to explain what the new rules of today are, which were different from last week. Yes. And this is all because of, let's face it, one person who, very strangely enough, didn't think in his job to wear a mask. But anyway, we won't go there. The thing is, we've <laughs> got to deal with what we've got. And the problem we have at the moment is uh, because it is actually a police offence, the way these rules are set up, clubs have to be extremely mindful that the rule this week is four square metres. They have to be mindful of that. Actually, that's a good point, right, the, the policing of the event. So every club has to have ground managers, no, hang ground marshals. So the... Mm someone has any questions or give directions, so forth and so forth. So mm. I think that that person's role this year is going to be really important um, and designated, I think it's usually, okay, one one team has one ground marshal, they get given their kit bags for the year, there's a ground marshal vest in there, it gets pulled out and given to the person that's not participating in the coaching or the playing yep. and that person becomes a ground marshal. But it's pretty important in a year like this because they've got to say things like make sure you keep your social distancing if you're a parent, are you wearing your mask? I would assume so anyway. Like, and this is the changing of the traditional roles and the and the habits that we have when we go down to participate in sport as a norm. And and there is the traditional, there's always, you know, incidents at, at sporting events um, with the angry parent syndrome yes. or whatnot. I think, unfortunately, having someone sitting there saying... You get angry saying, from 1.5 metres away. Well, no, it's, it's, it, it opens a whole new world of things that'll probably cause yes. events, cause incidents. Whew. Liz. But what we've got to remember is that this week, the, the week just gone, they all sporting clubs were closed, so they were not allowed to go in. Full yes. stop. Yeah. 
then they were opened back up again after 6 o'clock last night. But that's only potentially until the 14th. So come next week, we could go into different rules. So um, the clubs themselves... Mm have to be have to nominate a person in which to keep up to date with all this information. And we are having that issue, as I've said before about generic emails, um, that, you know, we're sending out advice and some of the names are coming back, uh, as in all across the board, um, because that person's changed. So it's really important from a communicable disease point of view that you make sure that you have each club has someone responsible for getting that update information and implementing it. True, true. Now, Liz, before we finish for today's show, I did want to touch on something that I know is dear to your heart and that is helping and supporting clubs in the community when they are transitioning, amalgamating or struggling to survive and how that fits in with the Football Hall of Fame. Well, what we're doing, what we're trying to do is we're reaching out through our Facebook page and we've had discussions with Football West as well and local government. And so everybody's on the same page that if you do have a problem, please don't hesitate to let us know. If you think you're going to amalgamate or people are shifting and you've got a lot of memorabilia or stuff, please don't throw it in the bin. Mm. Please contact Penn or contact myself contact Football West or your department or your local government agency and they are there to assist you. There are always somebody there to assist you. You've just got to let us know because this is what you've learned through COVID is we're not alone. And all you have to do is shout out and say, can somebody help me? And there are people there. And I think one of the things with COVID is the fact that people are more tuned in now than ever, ever, that other than the depression and the war years, that if people will need something, you know, we're here. Yes. Don't just keep it in. We yes. are here for you. And it could be the smallest thing possible that, you know, you've got some, um, it might only be chairs. It might be a table. It might be a, a whole lot of placards. It might be a whole lot of um, trophies. I mean, there are other ways you can take the name off the trophy and we can recycle them. And so Liz, there are a lot of things, just let us know. And, and Liz, the Football Hall of Fame Western Australia has received so many donations in the past year and it did start going through the roof in COVID last year, so in yep. that March-April period when we all went into lockdown. Then people contacted the Football Hall of Fame and I have to say that Brett Klishnik, who is um, – on the Football Hall of Fame group committee, has done a fantastic job. He is just the master of archiving and cataloguing and he follows up everybody who's landed on the Football Hall of Fame Facebook page and there's a new website coming too. I'll just say yep. that too, so watch out for that. Uh, and we we have put things into store and we want to uh, share that with the community. So um, at the end of... We do at the end of whatever process we're going through, there'll be um, all of the donations, people will be recognised and there'll be stories about all of the those donations and the people that have donated them and they'll be shared with the community and then those things will be able to be displayed in various ways that will recognise the people and the memorabilia. So thanks everybody that has made those donations and offered them. Really, really big thank you and hopefully it helps keep that memorabilia owned by the community. Well, it also keeps the history of football alive in Western Australia. And we are assuring everybody that these 
items that they donate, they're there for perpetuity. They will not be sold. We'll make sure they don't disappear. Everything will be catalogued. Their name will be actually recorded against them. So we will have a very good list of everything to make sure they do stand the um, stand time to ensure that our future generations understand the game and how much we fought to keep the heritage alive. And also, we have no idea. We could be playing footy in space for all we know. But <laughs> at least we'll have we'll have a museum or something to show, well, in those days, you know, we used a leather ball. And they'll go, what's leather? Because we don't have any animals. <laughs> so I, I think those history things are so important. And yes, I'd like to thank everyone for donating. And if you do have anything, please don't hesitate to call. We have a wonderful team out there. You just can't wait to have a look at what you've got. Yes. Yeah, it's very mm. interesting when people donate stuff to find out what, what they've got, where it's come from, the stories that come with it. Yeah, I wonder if they'd actually persist with banning heading if we were playing in zero gravity. Would there be a sport of football that exists. Maybe it would morph into something else. Could do. Well, it'd probably be more like a magnetic one because if you're in space, you know, how are you going to keep the ball? Yeah. So it'd be probably, you know, some sort of magnetic on your boots and on the ball. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, um, what is it, air hockey, when you sit there and play some of these games? Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. that's up to the innovators of today. What we're <laughs> saying is like um, the movie Demolition Man. You can be innovative all you like, but when you come down to the basics, we're still people. That's true. And no we're one ever did. Same. No one ever did figure out what those three seashells were for in Demolition Man either. That's so true, Pete. <laughs> now, what were those seashells for? Never know. But I tell you what, nearly everything in Demolition Man is coming true today. So yeah. they actually talk about the earthquakes. They talk about the fire, the floods. They talk about pestilence. They talk about not ever kissing anybody anymore, not not shaking hands. So that is, you know, maybe it's full circle of nature, hard to say. But this is where we are and we've got to make the best of what we can. Yep. And we're people, we're innovative, yeah. we look after each other and that's one of the most important things and stay, stay active. And that's why we like our football. Yep. That's why if you don't play it, you don't referee it, you're not a trainer, you're not a coach. You can be a spectator, you can be a mum, dad, you can work in the yeah. kitchen. It takes a lot of people to get one group of people on the ground to play a game and it takes thousands more to enjoy it. So Liz, we all have a role to play. Liz, this certainly is a period of innovation and transition. I'm getting really excited. Uh, it only took like a split second after Tony said a couple of things <laughs> that involve women's football and visualisation mm. for me to jump up and down in my seat. But um, I really do appreciate your time today. Please do come and have a chat to us through the year and let us know what's going on in the community and with the Football Hall of Fame. Stay safe and have a fantastic weekend. Well, you stay safe too. And it's going to be an interesting year and, and people just have to remember you don't need to have to go to a gym. You don't need to have to go to a park. You can stay fit in your own backyard, in your own house. It's about mental health and we're all in this together. If you feel alone, we're them together. Just call out, short, shout out because this is where we are and we've got to stay positive. Thanks, Liz. Have a great Thanks, weekend. Liz. Same to you. Bye. 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 That was Elizabeth Ree, who is a councillor in the city of Stirling and the president of the Football Hall of Fame Western Australia. Pete? It's time for us to finish two hours of football. That's right. We I did well. I wonder if there's any, any football on this afternoon before the rain hits. The sky's looking very dark out there. I don't know. Can you have any kind of kick around at the park? The saw, yeah, yeah, without a mask even. 
Okay. Oh, I yeah, vigorous exercise. I have, to, I have to wear a mask for indoor soccer, apparently, we've been told. We're this gonna, is going to be weird. We're going to have to finish up. That's an interesting <laughs> thought in my head. Uh, Lynn and Bags Groove is up next, everyone, and Sean and the team are in next week. Thanks for joining us. See you later.